This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing, and today I'm joined by Marcus Tober, CTO at Cert Metrics. How are you, Marcus? I'm good, Annie. I'm good. What about you? I'm very well. And thanks for asking. Not many of my guests ask, ask actually. I'm absolutely fine, despite having a horrible cold over Christmas. <laughs> so let's start off then. Uh, Marcus, tell us a bit about yourself and, and uh, Search Metrics. Yeah, Search Metrics is, is now uh, a little bit more than 10 years old. I, I founded a company out of my computer science kind of study. We always kind of put a lot of attention on, on search and, and analyzing search. That's why we came with the name Search Metrics, uh, obviously. Um, that wasn't our first name. So we started as SEO Solutions, but that maybe was a little bit too narrow on, on SEO only. And yeah, what about me? I mean, I studied computer science. I'm more like the, the data nerd geek. I'm responsible for the, the, everything about the product within Search Metrics. It's about 100 people that work on, in development and on the product. So that's about me. And where are you based, uh, Marcus? Is it Berlin? Yes, of course. Yes. So the company that is headquartered in Berlin. So here we have the development and uh, the product management, but we also have uh, nice offices in London, New York, and in the Silicon Valley. But I mean, as you can understand, there we have mostly marketing and customer support, customer success functions. Marcus, um, I wanted to talk about uh, sort of, I suppose a good title is the sort of marriage of content marketing and search. How has search evolved over the last decade? I know it's evolved tremendously, but what are the, some of the most notable things that have happened with search, would you say, over the last decade? So I think it's very complicated to just give a quick answer because mm. I think the the thing that you have to mention first is that the diversity of, of search has uh, exponentially increased in the last year. So, I mean, if, if, if you just say in the last decade, you can say, okay, till three years ago, it was almost the same. I mean, of course, it changed a little bit and Google changed their layout and then you had more universal search integrations and then there came the knowledge graph in 2010 and all that stuff. Mm. But when Google released Hummingbird first three years ago and then Google kind of uh, invested much, much more in, in machine and deep learning and the rise of mobile searches is kind of also, I mean, pretty new in I mean, more or less. Now, mobile search is, is much, much more than desktop search. But this, I think, has significantly impacted uh, search technology. That search technology now needs to understand, okay, what, why is content more successful or, or pages? And also, if you look at uh, websites, I mean, now with the new popular frameworks like AngularJS and React, also websites are easier to build, but at the same time, much more complicated to crawl. So it's, it's incredible. So that, that means that search technology has kind of spread out. We have a lot of crawling technology tools now that only do care about is a website kind of okay from the technical point of view. Then we still have a lot of like ranking tools, smaller ranking tools, because it's important still to understand how is my performance, especially across all these channels. Yeah. And then we have these platforms, right? These platforms that try to bring all these data points together to give you more conclusions out of what's going to happen. And this is uh, where Search Metrics is based and more in this kind of platform play, because we do a lot of all the other things. Maybe we're not the best in all these kind of 
different areas. Maybe we don't have the best crawler or the best backing database or the best uh, rankings, but all of them together, I think this is, this is where people get the most actionable insights out of it. Now, this notion of like sort of doing your research and getting some real sort of search insights um, around Google and, and how, how people are searching for various contents, Marcus, how can that sort of help our content to stand out from the sort of huge amount of, you know, often unhelpful sort of content that gets published online? I mean, I think you don't need to reinvent the wheel all the time, right? Because when you look at um, search results, you can see why are some pages uh, more important when you just look at, okay, who's ranking? And if you also take a look on for which other topics, this page is also pretty successful. Just, I mean, if, if you take a random example, like from the, the recipe space, how to make pasta, yeah. very likely you will find pages that also have a good ranking for make pasta at home, or the same page maybe also has a good ranking for making pasta. And all these different search queries, in the end, have the same intention. But not all pages who rank for one term are ranking for all the other terms too, because only the pages that are more, that are more holistic, that kind of cover a topic a little bit broader and better, these pages have a good performance. And this is what I mean with search insights. If you reverse engineer, let's, let's say, the DNA of successful pages, yeah. you can use this DNA for your own content, and then you can kind of produce better content and kind of just get more traffic. Can you give us any techniques, Marcus? Because that sounds really nice. I, love, I mean, I love it a bit coming from a semi-medical background. I love the idea of reverse engineering the DNA of a page. Have you got any sort of insights? Sorry, overuse of the word insights there. Have you got any sort of um, techniques that you can use to do that? Sure. I mean, of course, I always have this uh, more like technological view because, I mean, we are building a software because we believe we can solve problems with it. But if you are just someone who has no access to any technology, what, what I would suggest is pick the topic that you'd like to become successful for and just take a look on the pages with the best rankings. So in, in, the, in the recipe space, very likely it's uh, someone like thekitchen.com. And if you look at the, the article that ranks well for that page, just look what they use, how many uh, text they have, how often they use um, large images. Yeah. Are they also using like Pinterest to pin the images? Because Pinterest is actually also very successful in capturing search engine traffic from Google because they rank well. That means you can double the effect because if you rank well and the Pinterest page with your images on it ranks well, then you have the chance to get also the traffic from Pinterest. So it's a double effect. Mm. And then you also should look on, because if a page with a, with a good ranking, if they, if they use, for example, like an image gallery instead of just one image and text, then you know, okay, the, the user intention is very likely that they want to see an Im image gallery. So one example would be if you search for hairstyles. And if you search for hairstyles, it's very unlikely that people want to read a long text. No, no, they want to see images and this is what everybody on its own can do at home like if if you analyze like the dna of successful pages and looking at the page the content the media that they use how the, the content is structured you can use this as the foundation it doesn't mean just do the same that would be stupid because it's just the same but think about it because then you can learn a lot of stuff about the user intention and if you, if you use search metrics, of course, you can automize a lot of these, these things, but everybody who has enough time can just do it uh, manually um, at home. 
Tell us a little bit about what your the, the, the tools that you've got there at Search Metrics uh, do. I'm giving you permission to do a bit of advertising here, Marcus. I mean, I'm not a sales guy, right? So I always try to explain uh, why we are doing stuff, yeah. not just that we have nice interface and so on. So I think, and because we talk about content, I have to mention that we just built a new software called Searchmetrics Content Experience Suite. This is this is targeted to all the people who create content, who create content strategies. And the reason why we did this is because there's a, there's a huge paradigm and this paradigm in the publishing world is known as publish and forget. So there's a lot of content created new every day and every day and every day, and then it's never touched again. And the problem problem is that a lot of content that's created could be actually evergreen content, mm. but this content is never, never touched again. So, I mean, in the past, it was very successful. I mean, take examples like about.com or ehow.com. So these pages they created or, or these websites created a lot of different content pages for each different query that the people made within Google. So it's it was really kind of for the same topic. They created hundreds or even thousands of pages. But the new reality is that if you have already content and you are able to update the content, first thing is you use what you what you already have. Because if you have a page that has already backlinks, so you got authority, mm -hmm. you have internal links, this page has credibility also within Google. If you make this page better the chances to increase your rankings to be better are much higher than creating new content. Because when you create new content, you also have an internal cannibalization. So mm. different pages, they will fight for, for the user attention and, and the rankings. And what we do with the software is we, we give you a lot of ideas how content or how topics are related. We also tell you if you have already a page in a certain space, you can, so you can update the page. We also give you ideas where you do not have content yet. So this is really a software that helps you um, with the whole process from ideation to creation. So it's it's pretty exciting. It's it's pretty new because the most used tool to create content is Word. And Microsoft Word is not actually data-driven. So mm -hmm. it's, it's for the creative people, of course. But, I mean, how can you be creative if you just have a blank sheet and you have to research the rest? Because, what, I mean, what people do when, you, when they create content, they go on Google and they research background information. They go on Wikipedia and research stuff. They use a question tool to research questions. So what do people really ask about a certain topic? And all of this is a big block of time mm. for the content creation itself and this can be saved because i mean all these sources can be kind of captured in, in a single summary of 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 a topic and then the content creation itself can also happen in the same software at the same time so the content strategist has full transparency on the created content because often and maybe you have the same feeling is when companies create content the the more people that are involved, the minimalism of the information, what kind of content should be created, gets more, gets even more minimal. And I know companies that, for example, because they are large companies with hundreds of writers, the only information they give their writer is just one keyword and the length. Mm. And imagine, imagine I send you a keyword like how to make pasta, 500 words. That's it. Mm. I mean – that's not really cool to create a, a good content, right? And this is where we try to kind of bring a lot of insights into that into that game. It's not simple, 
because I mean, using Word and then using a technology that guides you through a whole process is a little bit different. Mm. But the the insights we got, and we also did some um, case studies with existing companies, and we actually really updated content, and we could prove, we could completely prove that with the updated content, the performance was much better after. Uh, afterwards than than before and that makes sense because for the user it's a benefit and the time that you invest is is uh, even less than creating a new content so marcus uh, you mentioned um, evergreen content there which is something i'm very interested in i mean it's it really does sound like sort of a data-led a- approach as you as you mentioned earlier can help with evergreen can't it Yes. I mean, the, I think it needs to be a data-led approach because when you are a site and you have hundreds, thousands, or even more existing content pieces, the problem is that you it's very hard for you to get a better understanding of, okay, what do I have? What kind of potential do I have? Is the content outdated or is it still fresh? So it's it's kind of complicated because you need a lot of different data points. And when you don't have a data-led approach it could happen that that you need a lot of time to kind of read through everything that you have because i mean it's easy to search for the stuff that you have right i mean you can just even use google for it use the site parameter and then you just search for the different topic and google gives you the most relevant page so that's not the problem the problem is finding which page is the most relevant at the moment. And I believe because of this complexity, most companies don't do it. I mean, I mentioned publish and forget. That's common. I mean, mm. almost everybody is, is, is not really touching existing content. And the companies who do, I mean, companies like Wayfair, they're actually very successful through uh, good content marketing. They increase their, their online visibility really week by week by week because they understood this, this paradigm. And I mean, how do you do it with what kind of data you use? It, it depends, right? I mean, you can do it fully with Google Analytics, Google Webmaster Tools. You can use um, search metrics. You can use other tools. So it's, it's completely free, but it should be data driven because yeah. data gives you a better foundation to make a decision. Now, I know one of the uh, tools that you got this this content experience solution. That I think you mentioned it before. If not, it doesn't really matter. I'm just wondering if you could give us some more uh, some more insights and examples uh, from that tool. Sure, of course. I mean, what we try to solve is is the, that gap between you have an idea in a company or you got the task to create content through the creation, the publishing, and the measurement. Because this is this is actually a real cycle. And our software, the, the content experience suite, tries to kind of fully captures this whole cycle and kind of gives you all the insights and also like a, a whole guide to go through that content creation process. And it's because it's, it's new, uh, people have to... An, Adopt. I mean, it's not like using Microsoft Word. It's a little bit different, mm. but it's it's data driven and and the whole guided process. And everybody who sees it is very excited yet. So that's that's important. I'm trying to imagine what it looks like. Is it like a sort of? Is it a bit like sort of writing a, an article in Word, but it's sort of giving you sort of like hints and things as you go along? Is that how it works? 
Yes and no. So it's split in two different parts. Yeah. One one part is uh, the part for the content strategist. This is where the content strategist defines the strategy. And it always starts with an idea. The idea could be just a keyword mm. or could be many keywords, could be a topic. So if you put in something like how to make pasta, what we do is out of, uh, out of our index uh, with a couple hundred million keyword queries, we give you all the relationships to this existing topic. So within seconds you see what other people are searching as well. What is the user intention? We also have, um, based on deep learning, a classification if a keyword is, uh, the intention is transactional, informational, or branded search. Mm. So you can see very quickly, if because if, if you are um, a magazine, it's very unlikely that you can capture a lot of transactional intent because you are not selling anything. Um, so you, you are more looking for the informational intent because this is, this is your business. Or if you are an Amazon, like a, like, I mean like an e-commerce player, of course you're more interested in the transactional intent. So this is really a platform for this content strategist. And, and the other part is for the editor, it's actually really like Word. You can type, mm. but in real time, we validate your content. If you cover the, the user intention, we give you insights. Like if you want to kind of become relevant for how to make pasta, we also tell you uh, you should use something like spaghetti or you should use something like tagliatelle, so mm. pasta, pasta types. And we also have a compliance check in the background. So we all crawl all the existing pages for the topic. And we look, for example, is there's an, if there's any duplication of your content to what's already existing. So that's actually pretty neat because especially when you work with external writers, so with freelancers or text agencies, it might happen that they copy content from somewhere else then you see at the same time if there's content copied or not so that's actually pretty cool sounds really good all this talk of pasta is actually making me hungry what my lunch now <laughs> awesome well thank you so much for coming on marcus um just um let's finish off uh, tell our listeners how they can find out more about you and more about search metrics but it's simple. I mean, I definitely suggest to follow us on Twitter. So it's at searchmetrics and the website is searchmetrics.com. And if you want to follow me, because I have my own Twitter account, I have some insights every week. I publish some insights. That it's at Marcus Tober. And I highly recommend to follow us. Fantastic. Thanks for listening, everyone. The show notes are on the normal place, sitevisibility.com slash podcast. Um, if you want to leave a question or a comment, but mainly questions, the email is podcast at sitevisibility.com. And the magic phone number, if you want to leave a, a question, questions would be good on here, plus 441273256150. And we could, you could end up being played on the show. So that's all from me, Andy, and it's all from Marcus. No, I was very excited. It was a really good interview or podcast. Thank you, Andy. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Internet Marketing.